Hey, Jesus fans, welcome to True North Podcast, where we grow closer to God together. This podcast was brought to you by Solid Rock Church in Irving, Texas, and our host, Pastor Ed Snyder. To find out more about this podcast, visit our website at truenorthdfw.org. Now let's join Pastor Snyder in a new direction and a new destination. And welcome, everybody, to another great episode of True North Podcast with yours truly, Pastor Snyder. I am so excited about you being here with us. We want to say thank you to all of our listeners. We couldn't do this without you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayer. Today, we're going to get into a great subject, should a spirit-filled Christian meditate? Should we be messing with this? So get a pad of paper, get a pen, get a cup of coffee. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. And again, thank you for joining us today on this very important subject about meditation. And again, should we, as Spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-filled Christians, be involved in meditation? Before we get into the subject, before we do a deep dive in the should we or should we not, I want to start with a story uh, that I found the other day, and I'm going to kind of sprinkle it through our study and our discussion today about meditation. And the story begins with this young man going with a pastor to call on a family. And the story says that during a revival, the pastor and I went to pray with the Johnsons. A few months earlier, the Johnson's daughter had died in childbirth, leaving a healthy new baby, a toddler, and a devastated husband and her parents. Uh, Mr. Johnson was a church leader, but Mrs. Johnson was very ill and out of touch uh, with reality. The Johnsons were on edge, waiting for a bed in the mental hospital for Mrs. Johnson. Again, she was very, very sick. The pastor warned me, when uh, we were going into the home, just act natural. No matter what Miss Johnson does, and I immediately got scared. When we were inside the house, Miss Johnson walked into the room toward me, dressed in a house coat. She looked dazed and heavily medicated. She grabbed me by the shoulder. Her voice was monotone and pathetic. Look at my daughter. Isn't she beautiful? She showed me a photo of her daughter's body in a casket, a picture of a casket. I tried to pull away. Look at my daughter. She stared me in the eyes until I felt forced to take the photo. Um, that's a nice colored photo. I stumbled to find words. Miss Johnson kept holding on to me as my cousin began to pray for her. Afterward, Miss Johnson lovingly held her and we quietly excused ourselves and left. Quite a story, but it's going to be the foundation of what we're going to be talking about today, and that is the subject of meditation. Now, we have all heard and read and and uh, heard horror stories of meditation. And of course, the first thing, even in the little intro that I did coming into this podcast, into this subject, is should a spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-filled Christian 
meditate? Should we be involved with this thing called meditation? And so we're going to start with the question, what is meditation? Eastern religions and New Age cults practice a mindless form of meditation in an effort to discover what they believe to be a divinity that lies hidden within themselves. And I promise you, as soon as you heard me say, should a Holy Ghost-filled or a Spirit-filled Christian meditate, that is right where your mind went, is we're sitting in the in the floor with our legs crossed and our, our uh, second finger attached to our thumb, and we're sitting there with our eyes closed, and we are humming. Again, folks, that is not really what we're going to discuss today. Meditation is a very powerful thing, really, in the life of a spirit-filled Christian. What we're really going to be talking about is not Eastern religion or New Age cultic uh, meditation that they empty themselves out uh, into a mindless form so that they can discover the deity that they feel like or believe that's hidden within them. Uh, again, you when you empty yourself out in a mindless form, you're opening yourself up to devils and spirits to come in and mess you up, all right? What we're going to be talking about is Christian meditation, okay? Christian meditation, on the other hand, is neither mindless nor self-centered. Meditation is reflective thinking with a view to application, biblical meditation. So you think about God's ways and align your heart with his purpose and his will. Now, the Greek word for meditate means to attend. Now, again, some of you that's listening today might have heard me even teach about this, especially if you attend Solid Rock, or you might have heard your own pastor teach on this. But let me rehearse you today. Stay with me. And for those of you that maybe have never heard of Christian meditation or biblical meditation, Let's go together and let's let's study this together. So again, to means the Greek word means to attend on meditate. So when we think about means to attend, to meditate is to read God's word closely, uh, detailed attention to what the scripture really says. You know, we're always hearing, uh, I know solid rockers are always hearing me say, read your Bible. Man, don't forget to get a chapter in this week. And we do Bible reading programs at our church to promote Bible reading and try to help get people in the habit of reading their Bibles. But we've got to understand, ladies and gentlemen, it's more than just reading the Bible. It's more than just getting the pages off or the words off the page. You know, we have, there's many testimonies out there, the people that's literally read the Bible from cover to cover in a year's time. And there's several testimonies out there that actually say, hey, I've read it over several years, read it through cover to cover several times. And we have always pick up things that we didn't know was there or didn't see there when the first time we came through. And so why, what are you saying, Pastor Snyder? I'm saying that the Word of God is packed with gems and concepts and precepts that, that if we, we miss on the first journey through, and we've got to keep going. So again, let's look at deep diving into the Word of God through 
the the option of meditation. Now, again, the form of meditation that we're talking about is not of Eastern religions or New Age cults, but it's meditation that opens the scripture the way a sharp knife splits a watermelon. And there are five steps that we're going to be going over here in this podcast of meditation. Uh, and, and it can be done in five steps. Each includes a word that begins with the letter P. So we are going to go through the five P's of biblical meditation. I'm going to list them out, and then we'll go break them down. Number one is understand the perimeter of the verse. Number two, paraphrase the verse. Number three, pulverize the verse. Number four, personalize the verse. And number five, pray the verse into your life. All right. That's the list that we are going to uh, break down now. Step number one, we're going to or need to understand the perimeter of the verse. We look at the perimeter of the verse uh, as you meditate. And of course, that's the meaning of the verse. Uh, the verse is, is colored. It's uh, revealed by verses that surround it. And we can compare this step to perhaps the hamburger. The meat is the verse you choose uh, for meditation. But surrounding the meat patty is the context Okay, it's the sauce, it's the lettuce, it's the cheese, it's the pickles, you know, it's the onions on the bun. You cannot just take one verse of scripture and and get the whole value out of that. You've got to take the verses before, you've got to take the verses after, you've got to include the context, or in other words, what is the subject matter surrounding that verse, okay? So example, using the five steps of meditation on 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 7. Okay, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 7. Now we need to examine this verse in the light of its context and understand the perimeter. The devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking for the first time may devour. Okay, so why were these two verses placed together? And there is a cause and effect relationship because casting your burdens on the Lord and escaping the lion, Satan. So again, we've got to take the context. You got to get the cheese and the mayonnaise and the ketchup and the lettuce and the bun all mixed in with the meat of what we're talking about. So here's what can be summarized in those two verses of scripture. Cast all your anxiety or get eaten alive. All right. Now, let's go back to our story that I opened up with here on this subject regarding Miss Miss Johnson. The weight of losing her daughter had overwhelmed her. That photo symbolized a burden she couldn't or wouldn't cast away. So what would happen if she, by faith, gave her daughter to God, surrendering the right to have her on earth? So the story goes on as this young man and and his pastor, it says, we went back to the Johnson's house the next morning. As we came into the room, Miss Johnson again showed me the photo and grabbed my arm. Let's sit down, Miss Johnson, I suggested. I communicated my sympathy. Then I acted on what I'd learned from meditating. Miss Johnson, your daughter trusted in Christ. 
She was never in that casket. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 8. She's with Jesus, but you're trying to keep her here. So let's pray, and you give your precious girl to the Lord. Miss Johnson moaned and began to cry. I led her in the prayer, thanking the Lord that her daughter was with him in heaven and releasing her to his care. Then Miss Johnson stood up and looked around. She spoke more focused as she declared, I feel different. Her eyes seemed clear. The pastor said, I believe that God has brought health to our sister. I was dazed. Had God healed this woman? I regularly checked on Miss Johnson over the next year. She recovered and was caring for her grandchildren. She had fully cast her care upon the Lord. So if you understand the perimeter as you meditate on the scripture, verses will jump off the pages of your Bible in the clay of your own life. So meditation, again, ladies and gentlemen, goes far beyond uh, reading the Bible. Meditation, again, is reflective thinking with the view to live God's will as revealed in the Scripture. You see, God himself invented the discipline of meditation. Not Eastern religion, not New Age cults. Uh, Eastern religion have clearly exported uh, their brand of it, and and that, so that many Christians shy away from meditating on the Word of God. But biblical meditation is not clearing the mind of thoughts, as, as some religions teach, our teacher is the Holy Spirit. And in meditation, God's Spirit leads us to focus our minds on the living Lord revealed in the Word of God. Meditation is as different from reading the Bible as a one-way street is from an eight-lane freeway. Reading is a one-way street, whereas meditation involves two-way traffic. You encounter the living God you hear his voice, and you learn from him in the midst of meditating upon the word of God. And the same time, you respond to him in prayer. Meditation's goal is a oneness with the living Lord. You know, we know about the power of the word of God. We understand that God's word is powerful. It's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, it's piercing, amen, it's dividing, and so we've got to realize that when we meditate, deep think the Word of God, we are, we are blending God's Word in and with our life. So God considers meditation really so important that He commands us actually to do it. In the original Hebrew, one word for meditate uh, in the scripture is haga, H-A-G-A-H. The word uh, is first found in Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 8. The word means to murmur in the, in the pleasure or anger, to ponder or to uh, uh, imagine. Moses, uh, Joshua's predecessor, was leaving and uh, he he would not be on earth much longer. So to coach Joshua in his new and overwhelming position, after 40 years, Moses knew the job well. 
so well, in fact, that he understood the spiritual stanima needed to be the successful leader of the children of Israel. So Moses was saying, Joshua, day and night, you must read, ponder, and apply God's word. You must get a continual guidance from your boss, if you please, the God of the universe. And so another classic passage using that same Greek word is Psalms chapter 1, verses 2, and then verse number 3, and the perimeter or the context of these verses is Psalm 1. And so again, we've got to realize and understand how powerful God's word is. The second Hebrew word translated, meditate, is simply spelled S-I-Y-A-C-H. I am not going to try to pronounce this on this podcast with thousands of people listening to this, but there it is. <laughs> All right, the word is first used in Psalm 119 and verse number 15. Other similar words for meditate are think, uh, commune, consider, and remember. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is particularly noted in the scriptures for her thoughtful meditation on God's word and ways. Luke chapter 2 and verse 19, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Andrew Murray, a missionary pastor and and, uh, the writer of more than 20 devotional books, says that a primary goal of meditation is nourishing the heart. It, and he says, and I quote, it is in meditation that the heart holds and uh, appropriates the word. The in- intellect gathers and prepares the food upon which we are to uh, feed. In meditation, the heart takes it in and feeds on it, unquote. So again, step number one in biblical meditation or Christian meditation is understand the perimeter of the verse. Let's look at step number two. Step number two is to paraphrase the verse. You know, let's let's learn, and I, I'm very stickler about knowing the Word of God, knowing exactly what it says, and understanding exactly what it says. We don't want to misquote the Bible, all right? But let's learn and practice uh, the next step in, in paraphrasing the verse. After understanding the verse's context, the perimeter, we need to paraphrase it. So in this step, God plugs his word into the socket of your life. Paraphrase means to put in your own words. So say it, then write it down, and try to keep the paraphrase about the same number of lines in the verse, in the verse, first Peter chapter five, again, verse number seven, in the language from your heart would be, Give every problem to God. He loves you and he, and will carry every load. So again, that helps brand that verse of scripture that we give every problem over to God. He loves you and will carry every load. So each person's paraphrase will be different. You can receive great insight as you uh, and your friends or group members share paraphrases you know, try it with with other verses. Uh, if you got some friends you do Bible study with, or you've got some people that you work with that's from your church, uh, paraphrase some scripture. You know, just just get it out there because the word of God is the word of God. 
There's three blessings gained by spiritual meditation. Number one, you're feeding your soul. Uh, the Matthew chapter four and verse number four, uh, in in the temptation that as Jesus was on a forty day fast uh, and and out in the wilderness, the enemy Satan tempted him. But he answered, verse 4 of the fourth chapter of the book of Matthew, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So again, let there be a daily reading of the Bible and meditation upon it. Do not neglect meditating upon the word of God. Don't merely study the Bible. That's good. We need to dive deep. The Bible says to study, to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But we also need to understand the power of meditation. There's a vast difference between studying the word and meditating upon the word. We study will bring you uh, bring it into the mind, but meditation will bring it into the heart. Okay, number two uh, of those three blessings is that it comforts the soul. David, the shepherd king, ascend, uh, assented his songs with insights about meditation, power over pain, crisis, and insecurity. Look at the list here, meditating upon God's word. When facing opposition, we look at Psalms 119 and verse 42 then verse 97, and then verse 98. Write those down and read them when we get done with this podcast. So also, when dealing with opposition, not facing, but now we have to deal with opposition, 119 and verse number 78 of the book of Psalms. In the time of crisis, one night, verse one, uh, chapter 119 of the book of Psalms, verse 23, then verse 148. To win over depression. Ladies and gentlemen, why, you know, let me stop right here and just inject this. Uh, You know, Pastor Snyder, why are you doing something on meditation? Because of the world that we live in right now, the society that we have to deal with, the things that is that is in the news and and everything that we're up against the covid now the delta variant and 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 the thing that's going on in the middle east you know the bible says that in the last days there will be wars and rumors of wars there will be uh, uh disease and sickness earthquakes in diverse places you know we are really up against a lot of opposition in our world today. And so uh, opposition, when it's carried for a long time, produces anxieties and fears. And when that's not dealt with, it can dive us into depression. So meditating upon God's word is going to help us not be depressed, not be filled with anxiety. And so that we can go through this life with the power and the peace of God. So again, in depression, uh, Psalm 77, verse 11 and 12. When seeking God's will, we can go to Psalm 119, verses 10, and then verse 15. These are scriptures about comforting our soul and meditate upon them. To boost confidence, Psalm 63, verse 5 through 11. When longing to please God, Psalm 19, verse 14, Psalm 104, verse 34. And then number three, 
providing spiritual success. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what kind of view that you have on your relationship with God or the reason, you know, you know, sometimes we got this preconceived idea because we're filled with the Holy Ghost and and we don't act like the world and talk like the world and 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 perform like the world that we're, you know, we're just kind of like nobodies and we're from the other side of the track. Absolutely not. We are God's children. You are a child of God, of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are special. And if anybody should be success uh, successful in our world today, it should be you. You've got God on your side. You've got principles, values in you the world needs to hear. You have got uh, talents and skills that God has instilled in you. You need to nurture them and bring them out. But folks, a Holy Ghost-filled Christian should be one of some of the most successful people and not hide in the corner. So again, meditating upon God's Word will also provide spiritual success. Now, this this further great value is found in the discipline of meditation. Prosperity and success are God's promised rewards. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Psalm chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and this, uh, verse 15. Notice the promise spelled out in Joshua chapter 1 and verse nine, number 8. The Bible says, meditate uh, on it, or meditate on it day and night, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. So again, folks, God has promised us. He told Joshua, you got to meditate upon the word day and night, for then you're going to make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Successful people are those who learn to apply God's wondrous wisdom into our own life. I'm, I'm feeling the anointing of the Holy Ghost here. And I pray we're we're getting ready to wind down for this, and we're going to pick it back up next week uh, on step number three, pulverizing the verse in uh, in biblical meditation. So let me close out uh, our session together with Psalms chapter one, verses one through three in the New King James Version. The Bible says, "Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law." He meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. That's what we're going to conclude today on. And again, should spirit-filled Christians meditate Don't worry, folks, on those scriptures that I quoted to you. I'm going to put them in the show notes below. You can look at them off the website of truenorthdfw.org. Also, don't forget to hit Amazon and go buy the book, Control the Beast, A Guide to Managing Our Emotions. It's all about helping you. True North is all about helping you find which way is north. Because when you find which way is north, you can get anywhere and you can find your way back home. 
Until next week, God bless you. Have a great day on purpose and be blessed. Thank you for joining us at True North Podcast. You can find us on iHeartRadio or any other podcasting platform. If you want to have any questions, visit us at truenorthdfw.org. We'll catch y'all next week.